Why, hello. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy towards us. We thank you for your long suffering. We thank you for dying for us. We thank you, God, for this holiday season. For in this season, God, it brought new life. It brought miracles in the name of Jesus. May hearts be changed, minds be changed in the name of Jesus during this holiday season. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Today, I like to talk about the birth of Christ. How befitting this theme is seen today is December the 24th. It's the eve of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Tomorrow, which is Friday, December 25th, has been set aside as the day we commemorate the birth of Christ known as Christmas. Now, we know that Jesus was not born on December 25th. We do know that. The Bible does not give the exact date of Christ's birth, but what we do know in, according to biblical accounts, is that it falls on the uh, it falls uh, during the time of the year, around fall, I suppose, around fall of the year as, as the most likely time of Jesus' birth. But regardless of the date, one thing we do know, he was born. Let's take a look at some scriptures from Luke chapter 2, verses 11 and through 16. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, you know, there have been many, many important births in history and their discoveries have made life a little bit easier for us. I want to tell you a little bit about some of our great uh, births. Uh, We had some great inventors here in our country and even around the world. This one particular one was named, this one particular inventor's name was George Washington Carver, who discovered many uses for the peanut and the sweet potato. Those I enjoy immensely. Then there's Thomas Edison, who invented the light bulb. Now that definitely brought on some new challenges. Now we went from darkness into light with the invention of the light bulb, and we're so thankful for that. Then there's a lady by the name of Sarah Breedlove. You may know her by Madam C.J. Walker. She invented the world's finest hair straightening formula for hair just like mine. How about that? Then we had some great humanitarians such as Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King, and yes, even Nelson Mandela, who through their tireless efforts have eased the pain of many. We've had some great preachers and some great missionaries such as Fred Price and Billy Graham and A.A. Allen. And there was even a young missionary by the name of Samuel Morris. Nope, he was not related to me, but he could possibly be. But his name was Samuel Morris, also known as Prince Kabu, who died at the tender age of 20. Now, all of these births were very, very important in history. However, one birth stands far above the rest. It is the most important birth there ever was or ever will be. 
do you know who it is? Yes, it is the birth of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5, that Jesus was born in the fullness of time. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as son. Now, Jesus' birth took place at a time uh, in history when God chose for him to be born, not man. God chose for him to be born at the appointed time. In Genesis 3.15, God promised humanity a savior. And then he set about to prepare humanity for his arrival. How great the arrival it was. Now, God had arranged for everything to culminate with the birth of our savior on a starry night in a stable. The birth of the one who would give his life to pay for our sins. Now, God didn't send his son to remain a baby in a manger. No, Jesus was sent to earth on a mission. He was sent on what we call a rescue mission to rescue us from eternal damnation. And if I had to put a title on this message or this uh, encouragement, it would be born to die. Mm, sounds a little, mm, yeah, born to die. But yes, Jesus was born to die just for us. Now, let's take a look at that very first Christmas. The entire earth was totally oblivious to what was going on or what was happening. But guess what? Heaven was not oblivious at all. The angels were awaiting and uh, with anticipation to break forth in praise and worship and adoration at the birth of Christ. The angel told Joseph, for he shall save his people from their sins. This came as no surprise to Jesus because he knew that he was born to die. The important issue of Christmas is not so much that that Jesus came, but the important issue is why he came. There was a there was no salvation in his birth, nor did the sinless way he lived. His life have he lived his life. Let me back that up. There was no salvation in his birth, nor did the sinless way he lived his life have any redemptive power of his own. Nope. His example as flawless as it was, could not rescue us, could not save us from our sins. Even his teachings, the greatest truth ever revealed to man, could not save us from our sins. Why? Because there was a price that had to be paid for our sins. The first part of Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is what? Yes, for the wages of sin is death. And only Jesus could pay that price for our sins. Jesus came to earth, excuse me, to do many things. He came to reveal God to mankind. He came to teach truth. He came to fulfill the law. He came to offer his kingdom. He came to show us how to live. He came to bring us peace. And most of all, he came to reveal God's love to us. Hallelujah. But do you know what his ultimate purpose in coming to earth was? Mm-hmm. Yes, his ultimate purpose in coming to the earth was to die. 
Can you imagine that? How many of you know the song, Away in a Manger? We often hear it during Christmas time. And it says, Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Now, such a precious song, for it speaks of our Savior's birth. Here's a side to the Christmas stories that's not often told. Now, this is what I want you to do. I just want you to close your eyes for a moment. And just close your eyes and just imagine that little baby lying in a manger in a stable on that dark, starry night. Can you see him? Can you see him? Look at his tiny little hands and his tiny feet. Those tiny hands and tiny feet were formed in Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit so that one day, one day, nails might be driven through them on the rugged cross on Calvary. Now look at that warm, soft little body that's wrapped in swaddling clothes. That body, one day, would have a spear thrust through his side. Then there's that gentle heart that pumped the royal blood of the Son of God. That heart would be broken to provide you and me everlasting life. Why? Jesus was born to die. Now, while it's quite appropriate to commemorate the birth of Christ, don't make the mistake of just leaving him as a baby in a manger. That was not his sole purpose in coming to be born and just stay in a manger. Absolutely not. Keep in mind that his birth was just the first step in God's glorious plan for redemption. Why? Because God wanted his people back. Hallelujah. Now, let me tell you three things about the one who gave his life for us. Just three. There are so many, but let me just tell you three. Jesus became a substitute for us. Hebrews 2.9 says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Jesus came to die for me. He came to die for you. He came to die for all of us. Two, Jesus chose to die as a substitute for us. Mm -hmm. He chose to die. He bore all of our sins. The perfect one became the punished one. Let me say that again. The perfect one became the punished one. He willingly, willingly chose to be our substitute on Calvary. Talk about love. Talk about love. So number one says Jesus became a substitute for us. And then number two, it says Jesus chose to die as a substitute for us. And then there's three. Death was not a part of God's original plan for man in the beginning. No, it wasn't. Death was not a part of God's original plan for man in the beginning. Death was a part of the curse of sin. Remember, Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and they introduced sin into the world and death to the human race. How about that? In the book of Ezekiel, he writes, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. So I ask you, how could a holy God communicate mercy and grace to a sinful people? How could a holy God communicate mercy and grace to a sinful people? 
God can only communicate mercy and grace to a sinful people through who? Through Jesus Christ. And why? Because sin demanded death. If God had accepted us as we are and ignored our sin, his own holiness would be tainted. I'm sorry, would be tainted. If God had accepted us as we are or as we were and ignored our sin, his own holiness would be tainted. Jesus. We know that the penalty for sin against the holy God is death. But the only one who dies to pay for our sin must be perfect in every way. Without blemish, without sin. No man, no woman, no child can ever fit that requirement because only God is perfect. Yet, a human had to die for the sins of humanity. So God himself, out of love for us, paid the debt by taking on human form himself. So you ask yourself, well, how did he do that? How did he do that? Jesus, being full of glory, hallelujah, he emptied himself of his glory and humbled himself to become a baby. He then grew into a man, and he chose to die on the cross to pay for our sins. Glory to God. On the cross, Jesus satisfied the demands of both God's mercy and God's justice. Now, you will find in Genesis 3.15, the first prophecy ever given about Jesus predicted that he would crush the serpent's head. But in the New Testament, we see the fulfillment of that prophecy. So you see, Satan's great power is death. If he can keep a person enslaved by sin until death, he then has that person for eternity. Let me say that again. Satan's great power is death. But if he can keep a person enslaved by sin until they die, he then has that person for eternity. Jesus had to conquer that enemy. His weapon had to be destroyed. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus died and arose on the third day. He said, because I live, ye shall live also. Glory to God. In 1 Corinthians 15, 55, we can say along with the Apostle Paul, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? You see, Satan had us bound by sin, but Jesus freed us from our sins by his shed blood. Hallelujah. He once and for all broke Satan's hold on mankind. It was Christ's blood that redeemed us people. Listen, it was his blood that redeemed us. It was through his blood he obtained eternal redemption for us. He got us back. Jesus became our high priest, a mediator between God and man. He became the perfect mediator because he was both man and God. Hallelujah. This year, let's look beyond the manger scene and see that Jesus was born to die. He died for you and he died for me. He bore our sins and purchased our salvation with his own blood. Now, do you realize that it was his death and not his birth that brought about the redemption of man? Will you let him be the center of your Christmas this year? Jesus was born to die. One of my favorite songs, the, wrong, the songwriter says it so eloquently. And he says, 
G. I wish I could sing in, uh, with some type of melody, but I'm just going to have to give you the words of this song. And it says, Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. That's love. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head. For me, he died. That's love. That's love. You see, Jesus was born to die. But the the last part of that song says, but that's not how. The story ends. Three days later, he rose again. That's love. That's love. You see, Jesus rose again that we might have the gift of eternal life and forever be with him. Not one of us came here on this earth to live forever. But Jesus' death, his burial, and resurrection made it possible for us to have eternal life, to be with him forever. God gave us the best gift he had and sent him into a sinful world. He sent his son, Jesus. So today is a symbolic gesture. I just want you to imagine a red gift box. Put it in your cupped hands. Just put it in your hands. Just imagine a red gift box in your hand. That box represents the blood of Jesus. That blood was shed for you. And it was shed for me on Calvary. And because he gave us the best gift of all, today I present to him this box. And in this box, it's going to be filled with my, with my fears. It's going to be filled with my hopes, my dreams, my ambitions, my sorrows, my life. I present my all to him. I say, have your way, Lord Jesus. So I ask you today, what will you present to him? Now, we're not here to barter. No, sir. You do for me and I'll do for you. No, this is the time to make your petition known unto God. God's word says in Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. What will you present to him today? Jesus wants you to know, I am here to lessen your load. My word says in Matthew eleven twenty-seven through verse 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What will you give him today? Jesus was born to die. Remember, being full of glory, Jesus emptied himself of glory. He then humbled himself to become a baby. He then grew into a man and he chose to die on the cross to pay for the sins of his people. And for that we say, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I lift this red box to you that represents the blood of Jesus. I give you everything that's not like you. Make me all that you want me to be. 
save me, wash me, cleanse me, make me clean in your precious name. Hallelujah. God, I give you glory. I give you glory. I give you glory in Jesus name. Amen and amen. The eve of Christmas. Whatever he says to you, do it. And the inscription reads as follows Always remember that behind every strong child and every independent woman there are days when you are alone and helpless there are lessons you learn from life and there are stories of battles and struggles which you have fought alone beneath the shield of confidence and strength there is a plethora of sadness and pain which you have endured whatever he says to you do it i don't know if any one of you can see the extent of god's hand hovering over the earth and its inhabitants no matter complaints during lockdown lack during lockdown poverty during lockdown, isolation during lockdown, uncertainty during lockdown. There are a people set apart, changing lives, changing destinies, whatever he says to you, do it. Likewise, when God gives vision, he will provide provision whatever he says to you do it having 
written this yesterday, again I witnessed the hand of God move mightily inside of me, inside of you. You see, you might not have much, but when God instructs, whatever he says to you, do it. Caught your attention, didn't it? And what a statement. Could be negative or positive, either way. Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, I know I have said it before, and this time I'm not blowing his horn, but Moose sure has a way to awaken the euphoria in me, the magic in me, the glow in me. Likewise, Royston and Nadine, whatever he says to you, do it. You know, when someone just says something at the right time, at the right moment, and you at the right place at the right time. That's only God that gives you that aha moment, that aha momentum, that I know I have the advantage of knowing your habits, my dear Watson, as quoted as the actual quotation. You know what I mean, don't you? Well, what would you do if that tiny voice, that stirring in your gut says, whatever he says to you, do it. Would you? Could you? Would you decline? Would you take that leap of faith? Or would you wonder, what if? You say it's natural to do nothing, and it's quite a stir when you do something. Mid and on the spur of the moment, God knows what he does best. Show up and show off. For during this intricate time of lockdown, Nadine and Royston have seen the hand of God mightily. For, and I quote, living out of God's pocket. So which package are you? Could you step out of your comfort zone and just slump? Or wonder too much what others might say if you jump? Well, you and I will never know if we don't try, unless you want to miss out and cry. You see, trying comes when fears take flight. Trying comes when tears strike. Trying comes when I didn't think you had it in your fight. So for once, put pride aside and rely on God to be your guide. Step up, step out, step forward, be brave, be bold, be courageous, be different. For so many times you and I missed the mark for wanting someone else to light your spark. Whatever he says to you, do it. When going through difficulty and you get an epiphany, whatever he says to you, do it. When bills not paid and you get stained, whatever he says to you, do it. When you have nothing and God's up to something, whatever he says to you, do it. When worry steps in and you look to him, whatever he says to you, do it. When days are dark and friends are few, whatever he says to you, do it. When family leave and he sends in someone to cleave, whatever he says to you, 
do it. When you lift it up and others doubt, whatever he says to you, do it. When your life's a mess and you're all stressed, whatever he says to you, do it. When he takes the plunge, I got your lunge. Heed his word and just do it. For if water could turn to wine and sight to the blind, whatever he says to you, do it. Believe, have faith and know that from a distance, whatever he says to you, do it. Wake up, get up, dress up, look up, ask up, act the part of, believe up, change up, don't hesitate up, pursue up, trust up, connect up and rely that God will show up so you can step up to testify with thanks that whatever he says to you and I just do it and so it is so shall it be so from me Salome Jacobs and my moose Russell Jacobs happy happy holidays may your needs be met at this point of time may you welcome Christmas with a difference and remember the true meaning of Christmas so thank you once again thank you to Angela for born to die so until we meet again same time same place I am ending this edition with whatever he says to you do it and I hope that you enjoy that song choice do take care and do stick around for tomorrow's Christmas edition do take care and thank you for your well wishes and I'll also would like to play out with a listener Virginia sending in her experience tuning in to into the garden do take care What secret?
what wonders have I done to move the one from whom all blessings flow? Just these words, they're all I have to give. Just these words, they are the way I saw him turn water to wine, heal the sick, the blind, the deaf, cast out demons. But not only were the things Jesus did marvelous, the things he said were staggering. Listen to some of his words about himself. The Father and I are one. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Is it any wonder the religious leaders came to hate him? He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Whoever hears my words and puts his trust in him who sent me has everlasting life. He will not be judged, but has already passed from death to life. And he talked about being born again. Unless a man is born again, he said, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, how can a man be born again? But you know, Jesus was talking about our spirits being given birth by God's spirit when we believe in his son. 